Hi, my name is Jenny Donnelly and welcome to week two of Rain and Rest. And today's episode is called Our Father in Heaven. That might sound familiar to you because that is the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew 6, 6, I'm going to start reading to you, but this is right when the disciples asked Jesus, how should we pray? I'm so glad they asked the question, right? Because now we have documented what Jesus said. He answered, he responded to that question and said, pray like this. And this is what he says in Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Okay, here we go. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. So what he's saying right here is prayer is not something we recite in a formal way. It's really about a connection. It's a connection to a father. That's what today is about. Don't be like them for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. When my kids say, mom, are we gonna have dinner? I'm thinking, yes. You know, if I know you're gonna need to eat, right? That's kind of what it's saying here is we don't need to repeat our words or do rituals that are more formal as if we're doing a religious duty to try to get God's attention. He's saying, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Jesus is saying here, this is a father you're talking to. He already knows you have needs. Talk to your father. And so the very first thing he says is pray like this, our father in heaven. Okay, we're gonna stop right there. And then in the following weeks, we're gonna go through the Lord's Prayer and break this apart. But let's just start here, our Father in heaven. This week, I want you to have a massive revelation. You have a Father and He's in heaven. I know that all of us had to get here through an earthly father and maybe you had a wonderful father, maybe you didn't. Maybe you had a dad that just had so much background of turmoil that he did the best he could, but then some of that trauma trickled down to you. That's a very common story. I know for me, I didn't have a loving father in my house. I didn't have a father figure that watched out for me, that took care of me, that went to the principal's office and said, hey, somebody's picking on my girl in sixth grade. I didn't have that. And you know what? When I became a full grown adult and I was struggling with anxiety and I was struggling with using irritability to get my way and stress to push people aside and treating the people I loved as if I didn't love them at all, I had to stop and say, I need help. And I, I love Jesus. I pray. I. I absolutely love the scriptures and I'm a Christian, but I'm going, what in the world is going on here? And the Lord had to pull me in and say, Jenny, you're not an orphan. You're not my slave. You're my daughter. And I told him, okay, I'm just gonna come clean since you already know. I don't understand that type of love. I, I don't understand a love from a father. The way it's written in the Bible, I, I, I see it. I intellectually understand it, but my heart hasn't grabbed it yet. So that's where we're headed this week. We are going to intentionally meditate on a scripture I'm gonna give you right now, and we're going to grab hold of a father, a protector, a provider, your defender, 
You were God's idea before you ever were conceived in your mother's womb. And some of us, we have an earthly father that it was hard to connect to him. Maybe he was emotionally absent. Maybe he was abusive. I've heard so many stories over several years. I just, some of the stories I can't even believe. But what I know is this, your heavenly father, he's perfect. His love is perfect. He's a perfect God. And he wants a relationship with you. He wants you to come in and be his daughter. He really does. He doesn't want you to be a good Christian girl. He doesn't want you to just behave well and be nice. You're so much more to him than that. And so I had to ask God, you're going to have to teach me. You're going to have to show me this love of a father. I don't get it. And he said, I'm going to do that. So that's what we're going to begin doing this week. We're going to tap in to the father. I'm going to read to you Romans 8, 15. The spirit you received does not make you slaves. The spirit you received doesn't make you a slave so that you live in fear again. So you didn't become a Christian. You didn't say yes to Jesus to become a slave or live in fear. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. When you said yes to Jesus and said, okay, what you did at the cross, you did that for me. And by faith, I receive the gift of salvation. I receive eternal life through Jesus's death and resurrection. I believe that my sins have died and been punished by Jesus, so I'm not being punished. And I believe that when he rose from the dead, that I rose from death to life, and I get to live with him in eternity, and I get to live with the kingdom in my heart now. Like, there's so much to that, right? But when we say yes, this is what this scripture says. You did not say yes to become a slave or to become an orphan. You said yes so that you could cry out, Abba, Father. And that's what Jesus did for us. He bridged the gap for you and I to come into a deep connection, a total covering from a father. And we can cry out, Abba, Father. Maybe you are like I was several years ago, and I thought, I can't call him Abba. I, I call him God. I mean, it was a stretch. It was a stretch. I would hear people pray and say, Daddy or Papa. And I was like, oh, I just don't even know how to get there. And the father said, that's okay. I'm going to work with you. It's okay. I had to totally go on a journey of becoming a daughter. I was more comfortable with doing and making God proud of me. I really didn't know how to just be a daughter. I didn't know how to just be loved by him. He calls you the beloved. You are not the beloved of Christ. Your doing is not his main thing. It's being his, truly being his daughter. I'm gonna read Psalm 103, 13 to you as well. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. This kind of fear is not the kind of fear that we think of, right? This is fear as in authority. You know that person that has authority with you and there's trust and safety. Hopefully you have at least one person in your life that you just feel like, oh, they're a father figure to me or a mother figure. And I just feel their authority and I feel safe submitting myself 
under their authority and leadership. That's what it's saying here is that under his lordship, and that's a choice on our part to come under his lordship. And when we come under his lordship and we submit to his lordship, it says here, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who submit to him. I want to ask you today, would you every single day this week as your assignment, as your challenge, as your commission, would you submit your spirit? Would you lay yourself down under the care? And I know for some of you, that's a huge risk. Like you're like, no, I'm super independent. I, I don't take direction from anybody. I take care of myself. And if that's you, you're the one I'm talking to. Because when you get out there and you have no covering, the enemy can hit you from so many different angles. And what happens is we become the God of our own life. And then all the pressure is on us to perform. And then we start manipulating, we start controlling. And next thing you know, we are having a demonic battle of control and manipulation that is ripping our families apart, that's ripping our friendships apart. We seek accolades from leaders. We begin to pine for position. We begin to become power hungry. All of that is symptomatic of a daughter who doesn't know she's a daughter. She thinks she's alone. She doesn't think that God even has her back. She can't trust God. She can't trust anybody. Do you know that that very thing I'm describing right now is the spirit that's trying to take America out and to take, when I say America, I'm talking about households, taking out households, causing depression, anxiety, separation, suicide. That is the spirit. And so what would happen if we were all set free from that spirit? I'm gonna tell you how to get there. You're gonna to have to decide to be a daughter and daughters lay their lives down. And we don't try to be the God of the world. We don't try to be the God of our families. We don't try to be the God of ourselves. We submit, we lay our life down, we lay our heart down and we say, our Father who is in heaven, I surrender to you. Your ways are not my ways. Your ways are higher than my ways. You know the better way. I don't have a better way. You have better plans for my life than I have for my life. You are mighty and powerful and I'm in need of a father's protection and a father's love. I'm in need of you, God. So this week, I want you to submit your heart every single day. It's a daily choice, by the way. Sometimes I walk through seasons of such submission and then every once in a while, I'll feel this little tug and it's like the Holy Spirit is like, you need to tuck yourself under again because I get driven, I get out there, I'm just going, I'm doing, you know, doing the thing. And I have to feel that little tug that says, hey Jenny, you're not in charge. You don't need to be in control. God's got it. He's making the world spin on its axis, it's okay. And I had to choose to believe that. I had to choose to believe that a good God was in charge of my life, that I wasn't just in the middle of a sea of people and he was losing track of me, but he was right there, closer than my breath. And he was taking care of me like a father. This is step one of 31 weeks. The Lord told me very clearly, he said, 
listen, step one, after, hey, I'm not going without your presence, which was week one, <laughs> the next step after that is we have to submit to a father and become daughters. You and I are not designed to be a God. You and I are not designed to take control, be in control, take the reins, white knuckle the steering wheel. We, we're not designed for that. And what's gonna happen is we're gonna open up ourselves to demonic torment if we don't take our hands off the wheel and just repent. Why don't we just pray together right now? And you can repeat after me. It's really powerful to pray with your own voice. Don't just let your prayer be thoughts. I'm glad that my husband doesn't just think nice things about me, but he says them. And that builds a connection for us. It builds trust. So say this out loud. Say, Father. Father. Say that a couple more times. You are like no other father. You're not like my earthly father. You are entirely different. You are entirely good. You are divine. And you had me in mind before I was ever conceived in my mother's womb. You have your eye on me. I am engraved into the palms of your hand. That's from Isaiah 49. I'm committed to being your daughter, not your slave or simply a good Christian. I want to be fully yours, full of total trust in you as my source, my strength, my father. One last thought before I close. Esther, remember her from the Bible? All of us, a million Esthers getting together, charging forward. Do you know the Esther who stood in front of the king? That she stood in front of him to save her nation. She did an amazing feat, just like you're gonna do, just like we're gonna do together. But here's what's crazy. She was an orphan. Her parents died. She never got to meet them. She was raised by her uncle. And when she was chosen to present herself before the king to possibly be chosen as his wife, did you know that they took her away for one year of beauty treatments? And they said she was very beautiful, so why did she need beauty treatments if she was already beautiful? So here's my suspicion. This is just my personal opinion. I believe that she needed one year of being loved up, feeling wanted again, because she was an orphan. Mom and dad, they're gone. I bet she felt a little bit insecure. I bet she felt a little bit unprotected. She had an amazing uncle. But I believe that one year of beauty treatments made her feel so loved, made her feel like a queen. So that when she stood in front of the king, not only was she beautiful, she felt good about herself. But listen, the day came where she had to stand in front of the king to set her people free from a genocide. And she had the confidence and the boldness that you and I are after. And I believe it's because she was nurtured and cared for and understood that she was not an orphan. And neither are you. You are deeply loved by a good, good father.